Hello and welcome to I'm Not Doing This Without Alcohol, episode number 19 with Helen Pritchard. My name's Denise Ferguson and I'm from Fine Surveyors and you may find a few swear words in this. Hope you enjoy. Hello everybody, thanks for having me Denise, and cheers. 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 Did you get your package in the end? I think it might still be at work, but don't worry, I have my own supplies, as usual. Well, I did say to the lovely Lisa, who is your BA, that we'll be drinking Melbach, because I know that you love Melbach, so I didn't think it would be an issue. Here we are. But I sent you this lovely little bottle of winemaker's choice. Nice. That wouldn't have lasted, though, would it? That's like one. No. Which is why I do this in the background. <laughs> <laughs> this is at my first recording. <laughs> so, what we do on this podcast is we talk about your business, your journey into your business, and we have a cheeky drink at the same time to make sure that it all becomes a little bit too silly and we laugh about everything in the end. So, Helen, tell everyone what your business is and what do you do? Okay, so for those people who don't know who I am, um, Helen Pritchard, my business is very creatively named Helen Pritchard Online. I'm most famous for showing people how to get leads from LinkedIn, which is weird because that's not what I thought I'd be doing when I grow up. Uh, but I'm a, I've run marketing agencies for, for many, many years, uh, been self-employed for a long time, and it's just in the last three years, as time of filming, which is now just comes to 2020, um, just drill down, focused on showing people how to get leads from LinkedIn, specifically through my LinkedIn mastermind. So very, very simple business model and very, very simple piece of training. That's it. Very, it's very simple. <laughs> my business. It is now anyway. Wow, it's only simple once you've ma- mastered it. So I'm sure it took you quite a while to kind of crack the system and, and make sure that you had the, the challenge nailed down. But up until yeah. the challenge, you have a five-day sprint challenge, don't you? Tell everyone about that, because I've just done that and it was really, really interesting. Experience. Experience. Okay. It was mad. Mad. So it is mad. So the five-day challenge is probably, yeah, it's the way that most people who come into my world now probably find out about me. I used to do so much. I still do a lot of organic marketing, but our big our big flagship thing is the five-day challenge. And the reason why I love it so much is that it is mad. But it's, it, we get so many people through it. So right now we've just done over 10,000 people. We're expecting to ramp these challenges up now. We'll probably talk about next year a bit later, but really ramping those up to get thousands of people doing a challenge at a time. So when I started doing five-day challenges, maybe a year ago, 18 months ago, maybe, um, you know, I was getting like 300 people in, you know, myself. You know, and then we started getting like up to a thousand people in. Now we've had over two thousand people in, and we're expecting it to ramp up even more next year. So it becomes this—it's like an experiential thing because people get go into it thinking, "Oh, five-day challenge," um, because lots of people do them. I mean, I get well. I teach people how to do them now. If that makes sense. So a lot, but you'll see them more and more, particularly in my world. A lot of my audience go off to do their own, um, but it becomes this real. Don't know. It, it's got its own energy. That's what I would say. It's, it has its own energy. The way that we run them, um, you know, we put everyone together. We put everyone in a separate Facebook group. You know, there's it, there's a real tribal mentality to it, and some people love it. 
some people hate it and some people are in the middle so it is an experience but it's an experience that I'm super proud of creating because of the amount of people who don't buy from me and you'll hear me say that over and over again you know of you know of if we get 1500 people into a challenge 10% might buy or usually do buy uh, the mastermind off the back of it well that means 90% of people don't and that's great because it helps people who were just like me when I was starting out in business who it's just no way. Paying someone like me, 1500 quid to learn how to LinkedIn is just completely out of question, ridiculous. So I'm able to provide a way to help people en masse, scalable, for free, for the people who just want to learn as much as they can and they will go off and implement it. And then they, because they, I've been doing this for 18 months, they then go, implement it, make some money, and then come back and then buy from me down the line anyway. But it's all about helping people for free. Yeah, because you, you're a big fan of Gary Vee like I am, aren't you? So you totally believe in this whole give everything out for free yes. to empower people to be able to do the best that they can do and then, you know, good things will come back to you. Is that how you see it as well? I think so, yeah. I mean, I always wanted to help many people. I mean, naturally, most of us, I think, as a, you know, humans, we want to help as many people as possible, most of us. Yeah. And lots of women, and I'm ourselves. You know, I'm really, I'm, I'm really spiritual and I, I want to help people. I was a, a holistic therapist before I was away into business. Um, not that that's not a business, but you know what I mean? You want to help as many people as possible, but you can't. And the biggest thing I see is people want to help all the people for free first. Whereas what I did is I built a business that was profitable and predictable first before I started doing things like the five-day challenge, before I had a free Facebook group, like 10,000 people in. Before, I didn't set out thinking I want to help everyone for free and then some people will buy. I set out thinking I need to prove that I can make this a sustainable, profitable, predictable business for myself first. And once I've hit that layer, I talk about laying quite a lot. Once I've got that layer, that foundation, because I, I set fire to my agency, really. I had a, a big agency before and I, I completely raised that to the ground. And I started this new business. So I didn't start this business thinking I want to do massive five-day challenges. I want to do a big, you know, online uh, mastermind. I want to do this. I want to help all these people for free. I'm not that altruistic. I started th this business thinking, right, I've just got rid of my whole identity. I've got rid of my whole agency. I know this can work. I'm going to throw everything at it. And I am not going to stop until I've hit my targets. Like, I knew I needed what I needed to, to do. And it wasn't until... I was doing like 10 grand a month consistently, which happened within sort of 12 months or so. Then I was like, right now, now I can look into the future and say, right, you know, I've done 100 plus hours of one-to-one. -one. I've done, you know, I've been on, I know the first 12 months, I was in well, well over 200 guest experts in people's Facebook groups, well over 100 plus podcasts. I've probably done more like 300 now. Loads and loads of interviews, loads and loads of training for free that I was giving out. But I didn't have something like the five-day challenge or the big free group until I'd hit that first target. And I think it's great and I love it and I'm really proud of the fact that I can help so many people for free. But it's worth noting that I started out helping myself first. Yeah, so that's almost kind of the opposite way to Gary Vee because he, he believes that you, you throw everything out free and then it will build the no like, and trust. But I completely understand why you did it your way. From, it, from your background. Yeah, so I love Gary. Like, I love him. Like, I love him. You know, like, that kind of way. <laughs> and I love his message, which is very aligned, which is me. It's just do the fucking work, right? 
Like the whole, the whole the big thing out there at the moment is the anti-hustle movement, you know. Oh, you don't need to work 16 hours a day. You don't need to be, like, posting on time on social media. It's not good for your mental health. It's like, you know, it's not good for your mental health, being really skint. And that's what drives me crazy because when people say, I'll show you another way, it doesn't involve having to do loads of work. And everyone flocks to that person because everyone wants to wear that, gives them the money. The only person who's making their money is them. Yeah, because they're not helping people because fundamentally... You've got to be out there, and it's one of the things I talk about all the time. But if you think about how Gary did it, now I've known Gary no, he didn't like best mates, but I've known I've followed him for a long, long time. I actually brought him to the UK for an event in Liverpool once uh, when I first first started out as a sort of freelancer. And I think he'd be the first to admit he was a very successful businessman first. Yeah. Before he started teaching it. That makes sense. Before he started helping yeah. him, like for free, you know, he 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 made he built the wine library up by doing lots of things that were free. For people but scalable and i think that's one of the things that i learned so every time i do one of the things that i think helped me build so quickly was it, every day i thought how can i build you know how can i maximize my time today so how can i maximize my time my leverage my time my resources my authority know the questions I ask myself every single day so yes having a free facebook's great but you've got to do something to get people into it. So that's when I was doing all those guest experting, all the, all the podcasting, being active in all the groups and that kind of stuff. I really, really hustled for that stuff. You know, I really did. I was working ridiculous hours, making huge sacrifices, posting, you know, I saw some like post ridiculing Gary's latest thing about, you know, you should be like a hundred places a day on social media. And I'm like, yeah, is that all? Yeah. You know, and I was really in my build phase, what I would call it, of like, nobody knows me for this. I'm going out completely blind. No one's ever heard of me. No one associates me with LinkedIn. I am going to do whatever it takes. And that's easy posting a hundred times a day on social media across different platforms in different places. Easy. So when people are like, oh my God, that's outrageous. Like, it's like, it's not. It's not outrageous at all. And the more people try and get their head around it, like the easier building a business becomes, in in my opinion. So, yeah, yeah, I had a girl on yesterday saying that, you know, she, she was on your challenge and she was messaging me throughout and I was kind of saying she was really nervous about everything that you had to do. And I just kept saying to her, nobody gives a shit. Like, nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares what you've got to say or what you've got, unless they are the right person. Get it out there. Get it out. And as soon as that one person that you can help sees it, they're going to know it's for you, for them. The other people are just going to scroll on by if they don't care. They're not going to care. It's a sad truth, right? It's like yeah. no one gives a shit about you or your business. They care about themselves and what's in it for them. And I think what's made my business so successful so quickly um, in terms of the method that I use is that it's all about them. We make it all about them. You say, what do you do differently on LinkedIn? Because the stuff that I do is totally, as far as I can see, I've never had any LinkedIn training, I've never looked at anyone else's LinkedIn stuff. I've seen some of the stuff that they post, I'm like, don't, don't compute, but it's fine. Um, I, have to, I have to disconnect for a lot of them because they're so like vitriolic on my stuff about how I'm doing it wrong and they're doing it right. Um, they're coming to me to tell me that, by the way. I'm not posting on their stuff because I'm not interested in what they're doing, obviously. But you know, they, you know, the reason why I do it so differently is because I make LinkedIn, like all your marketing should be, about your ideal client, not about yeah. you. Who cares about you? Yeah. And once you get over that, it's like, oh, I've some of the biggest names in internet marketing or whatever. Like, as, as I've come on the scene, you know, complete nobody, so now everyone's like, oh, LinkedIn, LinkedIn, Helen, Helen. I've had some of the biggest names you, you, would, you would definitely know approach me on LinkedIn. 
about LinkedIn and saying, oh, can you, can you help me? And then when I spoke to them, I'm like, you're going to have to change this so it's not about you. And they're like, oh, but... And it's like, no one cares that you've done this, Daniel. No one cares that you've written these books. No one cares that you... you know, it's bullshit. It's like, that's about you, not them. And, you know, they don't like it. <laughs> they don't like they don't, they don't want to hear it. But it's, it's the same for everybody, no matter who you are. It's just, it's just all about them. And all your marketing should always be about them, not about you. Yeah, well, it's about understanding human nature, though, and understanding, you know, how people think. And you're right that, you know, the message you always send across is that all they're interested in is how you can help them, how you can, you know, do something for them. Unless you're saying, I can save you £10,000 per year, £10,000 per week, I can, you know, do this, do this, they're not interested. Exactly. So, yeah, of course, so this is where social proof comes in. So, yes, of course, talk about yourself and what you can do. But you kind of put it in context. So, like, yeah, I can save you. I can make you. So I sell money, basically. I make people rich, yeah? So what happens is that it doesn't really matter how I do it. People don't really care. They don't care about LinkedIn. They don't care about, you know, the algorithm and the and when to post. They don't care about that. They sort of think they might... That might be what they, they want from me, but it's not. They want to be able to have more money. And what does that mean for them? You know, it's not just about the money, it's about how does it mean? And I talk a lot about how it makes you feel. So like stepping into a space where you know that, you know, you can, someone said, say, well, what are you going to spend on Christmas? And there's this whole thing around, you know, Christmas isn't about presents, it's about this and the other. And I said, you know, and this is, everyone's like, this is my budget, this is what I'm spending. And I was like, I've got no idea what I'll spend on Christmas, nor do I care, because I've spent the last however many Christmases unable to buy what I want or see what, you know, buy my children what I want. So to me, I don't care now, you know, and it's like those things are social proof in themselves, if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. As much as it triggers people massively when I talk about my success, it's still evidence, isn't it? It's still evidence. People can say what they like. Well, the fact is, like, confidence, like, your friend or your your, your your girl who was messaging dead nervous, the thing is that she hasn't got yet is evidence. Yeah. And until, like, for me, confidence comes from evidence. And but, she cares what other people think about her as well. And 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 um, <laughs> I was dying to interview you because in every podcast that I do, I say to everyone, like, you don't know me very well, you don't know me at all, but the thing that you, that, you know, that you'll learn about me is that I genuinely do not give a shit what anyone thinks about me. And, and I'm not sure I've ever met anyone who's quite as similar to me as you genuinely do not give a shit either, do you? Well, I don't need to listen to it. And I, I, I'm not going to lie. When I get loads of grief, you know, I get to, sometimes I get to a point, you know, and I feel like everywhere I go, I'm upsetting people and people are saying, you know, you're this, you're that. I had a big one message today about how I'm, you know, they've watched my lives and they can tell I'm, you know, I'm angry and I'm this, that, and the other, and all this. And I, you know, I get other people saying, oh, I feel sorry for you, for you, you know, to be so this, that, and the other. And then I get other people, like, professionally saying, you know, oh, you don't know what you're doing. Whatever. So, like, sometimes it can build up, and I'm like, fucking hell, this is, like, hardcore. But, yeah, fundamentally, it makes no difference to me what I'm doing. So occasionally I might be like, oh, that's not very nice. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, most, 99% of the time, I'm so focused on what I'm doing. They can say what they want. I've got the evidence in front of me. I've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, not thousands, of testimonials. I've got people messaging me every day saying I've changed their life. I've got people coming up to me in public saying, oh my God, you're Helen Pritchard. I'll give you a five-day challenge. It's changed my life. You know, I've got people saying I can take my kids on holiday now for the first time. I've been able to pay off the student loan. I've, you know, I've completely transformed my business. I'm not to go back to work. And you're the reason for that. You're the reason, you, because I met you online, 
I've been and invested in your course, so I've done your challenge, and now my life's changed. That is what I'm bothered about. So if someone says to me, if someone says to me, oh, but you know, you you say don't send direct messages, and I don't agree with it. I'm like, I don't, care, I don't give a shit what you think. I know my stuff works. I know my stuff works. There's a reason why I've sold so many courses. It's not because I'm some kind of incredible slick marketer. It's because my stuff works, and I'm also kind of slick at marketing. But those things mixed together mean that you know, from a businesswoman point of view, like I finally found something that fits. So my own value-driven profit triangle, which is something that we talk about, you know, I know I'm adding value to people's lives every single day, but I know that because they tell me, you know, um, I know I'm having an impact with the work that I do. I, I know I get loads of joy from doing things like the challenges, from, you know, doing the work, from having a lifestyle. That means I never, ever have to set an alarm. I never have an appointment in my diary. I can travel the world and work from anywhere. I can be wherever I need to be for my children. So I get a lot of joy from that. Plus the people I work with are all amazing. And then from a profit point of view, it's like incredibly scalable and profitable. So I'm like, I'm in my sweet spot here. I am living my personal dream. It might not be your dream. Yeah, you might not like it, you know. You, so when I say this, so this is what you can imagine all this annoys people. So when people say to me, sometimes on the calls and last night, they'll say, oh, I feel like, I feel I'm really worried what people think, yeah? So, what, you know, I'm really worried about what people think, people are saying, and I say, well, what other people think is literally none of your business. Because, yeah, they're probably not thinking it. And B, they're not your customer, they're not your client, they're not giving you any money, they're not paying any of your bills. But if you let them stop you, you're not going to be able to pay any, any of your bills. And, like, do you know what? It's really, really hard not being able to pay your bills. That's yeah. hard, yeah? And you know what's really, really, really nice? buying Rolex watches for cash. That's really, really nice. So it's like, what what do you want? You know, do you want to sit at home thinking, I can't pay, I can't pay my bills, I can't feed my kids, but it's all right because people out there won't think bad things of me. Or is it like, yes, I've got those people who think I'm a dick, but, you know, I've got the, the absolute dream life I could have ever, ever, ever wished for. I really, really have. And it's what I say to people, like, you've got to market like your dream life depends on it because it does. It does. It's not about posting stuff on social media. It's about the, the impact that it has and about the result and the return that you get on that investment of time and energy. Oh, sorry, it froze. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, no, I think we, we have similar backgrounds. I, uh, I was a single mum for... Uh, years five years and uh and i've been in that situation where i had no money to you know feed and clothe the kids and everything and i weirdly because i'm quite spiritual as well and you're quite spiritual weirdly the day after me and my husband broke up i got a phone call from an old friend you know i, I lost my job because i worked from a family business he sacked me from the business the day that he went to go and live with another woman and <laughs> nice and um and yet it, and a friend an old friend rang the next day and said look i've got this this nhs trust that's in total shit can you come and help us out and i was like hell yeah you know anything for money i'll do anything yeah. and you know saved them 10 million pounds in six months went to another trust did exactly the same and i've just gone and gone and gone and i scaled and I've, you know, I've had a brilliant life, and like you, I can travel and work anywhere. You know, my kids can have whatever they want. 
got a nice house and everything like that. And, and then I met my new husband and all of a sudden working for these big organizations just wasn't hitting it anymore. And I needed to help women like me who were in business to make sure that they weren't signing up to these business property leases not knowing what they were doing because there were so many small businesses out there signing leases for business premises and not getting advice because they thought they couldn't afford it yeah. and it just you know and it was I was as some, the landlord or as the landlord's representative I was putting women like me out of business and it was awful and I hated it so I started finding layers to make sure that no woman ever signed another lease ever because who doesn't have grand plans like that? And they, no woman ever signed another lease without getting advice because I needed to get that message out there that just because you think you've got no money and just because you know, you're know you a woman in business and just because it's usually a man that's a surveyor and just because I'm probably the only female surveyor in the land doesn't mean that you can't get that advice out there. So, you know, I've been banging that drum and I get people all the time telling me that I need to shut my mouth and that I'm, you know, too out there really yeah too much too uh, too bold too big too yeah yeah you know, talk about money too much too this too, too in your face too salesy too bold too bold too and a bit a bit all too much I know so what do you say to to all of these haters out there what's what's your go to the, the frustrating the thing that frustrates me the most is because I can help everyone like when someone's really triggered by me, there's normally a reason, and it's usually because they know that if they were a bit more like me, then they'd probably get better results. And I think that's it. So when they get really triggered, and it's everything's a mirror, isn't it? So they get really triggered. You know, whether it's over the money stuff or the success stuff, you know, it's it's not it triggers them. So when men, I get it from men. It's really weird because when I get it from men, it feels like a different energy. It just feels like a pure, you know, like, you know, like the guy who was, you know, going through my company's house records, like Googling my house, you know, saying it doesn't look like a house that a millionaire would live in. And I was like, when, at what point did I say having a million pounds turnover made me a millionaire, you know? Well, he was like, really, and it went into private message and it was just, he was just pure vitriol really of like it's almost like how dare you put yourself out there as you know is it and that to me is a different energy when women do it like to them to men like that, I'm, like, I'm not interested you know I, I know exactly what's going on there with the dynamics but with women it's almost like babe come on what is this about do you know what I mean what let me help you basically yeah. arguing about my methods it's like a girl who does marketing, and I can't remember her name now. That's the irony of it. These people who hate me, and I can't remember who they are. Probably because there's so many of them, probably because I forget, like, within five minutes. Because I get people coming back to me going, oh, I know we had that fallout last year, and I'm like, did we? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, hey, Don't I'm... even remember your name, love. Yeah, and they're like, oh, I can't believe you just forgive me like that. And I'm like, well, I forgot, and then I forgave because I <laughs> took what we were, you know. But we're drinking really... enough wine to not give a shit, love. Yeah, it's like, but <laughs> when other marketers, go at me and like Helen's wrong she does this wrong and that wrong it's like am I wrong though or if we step back and look at the evidence the way you've been teaching people how to do LinkedIn doesn't work anymore it may have done before it doesn't anymore or it may do but just not particularly well the way I teach people to work LinkedIn 
it works it's guaranteed to work so there's a reason why i'm doing so well there's a reason why i'm selling million pound plus worth of products in the you know in this third year of business which is almost unheard of you know just take that evidence and think about it for a minute and think maybe she is onto something you know i'm not just i don't put stuff out there to be controversial i really don't because i could do without fallback but i need to put stuff out there so people can see that there's a different way and my biggest frustration is not being able to get the message out to everybody yeah me too if it's people who don't like me because of my personality like in a facebook group she's like well the way you've responded to some people like you know i really like this challenge at the beginning but now you know the way i've seen you respond to people and reply to people and you know and it just doesn't you know basically i don't like it or i don't like you or whatever so those people i'm like thank god we found out now because there's nothing and nothing on this earth is going to make me change the way i am ever I'm 40 years old. I'm not changing. So you literally, before you gave me any money, you realised you would never want to be in my world. We've done each other a favour. You should be thanking me. And like I said to her, I've had worse feedback. You know, people, like from a personality point of view, people will, some people will love you, some people won't love you. And that is absolutely fine. That's just natural. Like your friend who was messaging you, probably terrified of me. Terrified in a lot of ways. But wanting to do, deep down knowing that you've got, you know, you've got to do the work. And like I always say, like nobody's coming to save you. And I think once you realise that, particularly as a woman, as a single mum or whatever, it's like you're looking around at the at the like the debris thinking, Okay, right, so yeah, like nobody's coming to save me, it's me. And once you get in that mindset of like, I'm gonna feed my kids, I I don't care what anyone says, I will do whatever it takes. And if that means X, Y, Z, then that's what I'm gonna do. Even if I don't single mum do you do you fly the flag of i don't want saved i literally have no desire to be saved no desire to be saved financially i'd like to be saved emotionally i'd like someone to look after me absolutely i'm very open to that but financially not at hell's chance no i would never ever 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 be financially dependent on a man ever no and anyone i I, I can't even do the whole emotional dependence either I'm, I've, I've done been there done that worn the t-shirt I'm I've got the the badge of honor where I'll look after myself and be yeah absolutely fine no matter what yes so I'm absolutely fine no matter what but I am open to it it's not like I never want a man you know like I'm no. sure we married it's not like I never want a man like I think there's something decidedly unfeminine about like I don't ever want a man anywhere near me or whatever but like I'll never ever rely on a man again, ever, of any kind, you know, in any dynamic, in any relationship. And I'd never get into a relationship with somebody who didn't have similar mindset, at least, if not the representation of that mindset in the bank, put it that way. And I never, I never thought I'd say that. But I just think there's something about, there's a reason why I'm getting the money in the bank is because of the mindset that I have and the, and the work that I do. And it's kind of like, you know, I would never want to be with someone who didn't have that kind of both mindset but of course yeah I don't need don't need a man look at me <laughs> clearly don't need a man I'm, I'm absolutely fine uh, without without one but it's like the biggest travesty I think in 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 the UK considering we have a nice lifestyle is there's so many women who are financially dependent on men and trapped in relationships they'll get out of you know particularly when you've had children and you've not you know do your career and anything could happen and people say to me oh well, it's all right because my husband earns six grand or whatever and it's like yeah but your husband could could drop dead tomorrow he could run off with somebody tomorrow he could 
you know, lose his mind, lose his ability to work, like anything could happen. Like, so never, I, I just, I know it's not very PC, but like, you've got to get your own money together. And oh. it's self-esteem, right? I, you know, I, I'm all for the PC brigade, but I, I'm not even gonna argue. I'm not even gonna try and defend this whole. I'll be all right because you know my husband earns you know a hundred grand brigade because I literally can't describe how much it drives me insane. Because you know that those women that that fly that flag are the ones that are going to be hurt the hardest. Yeah, and it's like, I listen. I'm not saying you shouldn't like take a few years out and be a work, um, stay at home mom and like do what you want but just be aware that you are taking massive risks with your life yeah you know and people say oh well I, I'll have to be kept in the lifestyle and I'm like it doesn't work like that anymore babe like that's not how divorce works in this country now you know you'll be amazed at how it works and it's like you're a fit and able woman like you'll have to go and get a job and a job I've not worked for 10 years and it's like yeah, a job, but you've taken yourself out of the market and now, you know, you are going to be earning, like, you know, less than a month than you probably were spending on handbags or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah. like, you know, you've got to be able to earn your own money and buy your own handbags, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I was, I was handed over the children and a massive debt and no job and said, on you go, sort that one out. Yeah. Oh, I was like, what about these debt? These debt? I can't afford I was like, what the debt? Oh, you signed them all. Yes, yeah. I did, because I thought we were together and married. But anyway, best things have happened to me, because otherwise yeah. I would just carried on bumbling along. Like, yeah. you know, so, yes, well, some of my proudest achievements when women have been able to leave their shitty husbands because of the work that I do. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that's great. So moving on to something a slightly more rosy, mutual love of Oasis. Oh, yeah. Um, how was Liam the other day and have you got over my disclosure of the fact that I kissed Noel Gallagher? Well, no. <laughs> no. Um, so Liam was amazing. So I bought a ticket. So I'm of that era. I bought a ticket to Liam straight off the bat of watching the As You Were documentary because he was just so emotional in it and so like raw. And I was like, oh, just like, I loved him anyway, but you only know, just like, I fell a bit deeper in love with him. And I bought the ticket straight away. I got VIP tickets, didn't know I was going to go with. Um, just bought them. And then I ended up, end up going with three of the lads that run, run the bar, basically, that I, I frequent of a weekend. And then um, it was just... May or may not visit every so often. Yeah, it was just amazing. We got a chauffeur down, so like, I have a driver now, because why not and um, so we got like a the chauffeur brought this like they have this car that's got a table in the middle so they put all drinks in there for you and we just got into manchester and in and went to the vip lounge which is lush and then a girl come over to me so these lads that i socialize with you know i've got a business but i don't know what i do and then um, which is fine because don't know which but which is proof that genuinely nobody cares exactly right so we sat in the vip lounge and this girl comes over and she's like are you helen pritchard and i was like yeah she went, oh my God, I did your challenge last time. Absolutely changed my life. I'm a recruiter. It's totally changed my business. totally changed how I use LinkedIn. A couple of you I didn't know what to do before. And I just want to say, I think you're amazing. And this time you're there. And these three lads are like, fuck. And I was like, oh yeah, no thanks. I was like, I'll give me. And they were like, she was smoking hot as well. I was like, oh, it's just... And they went, no, we heard what she's saying. They were like, what do you actually do? And I was like, I showed people to get leads from LinkedIn. I told you this, lads. And they're just like, oh, so you like some kind of celebrity now, right? I see. Right. 
that was really funny. The gig was amazing. He was so good. Like, he opened up with rock and roll style and he just did two, two encores and mm, loved it. And then it went really quick and then we went party at the office for a bit. You see my office, got Yeah, like, right, yeah. A bar in it, so we went there for a bit and then so we opened up the bar that they own and, and it was just, yeah, it was just a really top nine. But yeah, and I was dead on Thursday. So tell me about Noel and how you managed to get your tongue in his mouth. Well, this is either a sign of how amazing I am at uh, convincing my parents to do things that we probably would never do with our kids. But (laughs) me and my mum used to travel around Europe going to see Oasis when I was younger. And (laughs) I know because I could convince her to do stuff like that when I was younger. And she probably just loved getting away from my dad, to be honest. But um, we went to go and see Paris I go and see them in Paris when I was about 14 and then when it came to 16 I was like I don't need my mum anymore let's go off to Paris with my mates and go and see them so it took me a couple of months to convince her and then we got there and it was when all of the lorry strikes were on so they were like blockading the motorways so their equipment couldn't get through so we were over in Paris and the gig was cancelled devastated all of the malarkey went on to the Jean-Delysee HMV, so it was back in the day, don't age me, you don't need to do that. But HMV, Jean Zelise, walked into it, and me and my mate, I'm like, can you imagine if we met him, how make like met them, how amazing that would be? He was literally in front of me as I finished the words. And giggling 16-year-old, I'm like, oh my god! I know, yeah. So I started flicking through um CDs next to him, thinking, you know, he's got to say something, and he leans over me and goes, Eminem album's pretty good. I'd get that one. Yeah. So obviously, obviously I go and buy the, the album, walk out, think that he's disappeared, walks into the street behind me and he was like, you got it, well done. Him and his big, massive bouncer. Me and my mate, flapping like you wouldn't believe, chat for a little while, get on quite well, might have a little bit of a kiss, went on my way. Two seconds later, walk down the street and the whole gang of people that we were with in Paris two years before with my mum are like, oh my God, Denise, I can't believe you're here. Grab me nothing. And I'm like, I just kissed on Gallagher. And they were like, what, 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 what? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I just couldn't write it. It was just amazing. But yeah, I just, I truly believe in fate. And it was one of those things. Can you imagine if we see that he's literally like crazy? Amazing. It was making out stories. Your mum letting you go to Paris on your own when you're 16. Isn't it? You've got Megan, who's 12. I've got Neve, who's 12. Like, I started going to nightclubs. No, I started going to nightclubs when I was 13. Yeah, the same. Uh huh. Yeah, I was in in Cream Nightclub for my 15th birthday. So I was going. Was I? <laughs> I was in Green Nightclub every Saturday night. I was in Legends every Friday night, 13, 14, 15. Going out of it by the time I was 16, I was like, full then, got it. Yeah. Yeah, I've got to say, I've not really not really grown up yet, but I've definitely grown out of wanting. Um, Friday, actually, that's a lie. There's a club night on in town, but by the time we'd been to the office, and that, I was like, oh, I'm just going to go to the bar. So it, and I only end up going to the bar, but. Yeah, now people go to Ibiza, don't I? So. Oh, I don't 
you know what? I'm not sure if I'm capable of it. Do you think I'm capable of doing the Ibiza? Oh. You've got to do Ibiza. You've got to. I went, well, I've been loads, but I went this year with my best mate Phil, just before he got a girlfriend actually, so it was good timing. Oh yeah, he has ruined all your sport, hasn't he, by getting a girlfriend? Yeah, so he'll probably never be allowed to go again, but yeah, we were having a Chinese on the Wednesday, but on a Thursday, went there on the Friday morning and we just had the best weekend ever. Yeah. It's the way to live though, to be fair, isn't it? Yeah, Ibiza's big on my plans, so I'm looking to buy somewhere in Ibiza next year. Oh yeah. Yeah, well I want to do like... Um, do you know what the word is? Because it's definitely not a retreat. <laughs> uh, it's like a party get together in Ibiza under the guise of work. I don't know. So like maybe do some business masterminding. I don't know between six and eight in the evening, and the rest of the time we party and then sleep and then party and then sleep. And um, yeah, because Ibiza is amazing. I think um, I did Vegas as well. That was really good this year. Um, and I think the two places are just designed for that VIP experience and it is an experience. So. Do, you know, do you know what my husband keeps saying to me that I've turned into it? Not a snob, but I've just, I'm not really capable of doing the shit things anymore. Yeah, well, I get this all the time, like, oh, you've changed. I'm like, yeah. I have changed. Like, I only fly business class. I only travel on the train first class. I only go to gigs if I've got VIP. So what? <laughs> so yeah. You know, I used to go camping. Then I used to go in caravans. Now I'm going five-star hotels. It's like, so I, I just like what I like, you know. And the thing is about the VIP lifestyle and all those incremental upgrades and stuff that people feel guilty about and you think, oh, I shouldn't do that. So there's loads of things that I do which I wouldn't have dreamt of, which just make my life so much easier. So, like, I use a laundry service. I don't know any washing or anything. I have, um, my mum cleans for me, um, but if it wasn't my mum, I would pay somebody else to clean and, and like housekeep for me. Um, so I don't I never put any clothes away either. That's all done for me. And like, um, I never clean, obviously, because the house is clean for me. I have someone clean my car every two weeks. I have a chauffeur that takes me to appointments I don't want to drive to, and also um, to uh, the airport. And back when I go, I fly business class everywhere, so we get business class lounges. You know, like all these like little things like get on my hair. Is, I'm supposed to have that extensions put in last week actually, but I didn't do it in the afternoon. Um, you know, I have my nails done regularly. I have extensions damaged your hair. I'm terrified. Well, exactly. Yeah. So I was going to get them put in, but then my sister said she had them in because my hair's so thin and blonde. I said tape. They said to have tape ones, and she said it pulled all her hair out. So I'm just hang, I'm hanging fire on that at the moment. Do a bit more research because I'm a bit giddy like that. Um, I'm a, I'm a fan no on this. Helen, I'm going for a no. Yeah, I don't know, but it's just so thin. Well, I was, I was vegan for a year, and that's I think that has put my hair up, to be honest. No, it's not very pieces. Oh, I think so. Anyway, but anyway, so but things like that, so I get my hair caught regular, you know, go to a nice hairdresser, they might give me a massage and all that shit. Like, all that kind of stuff for me, and even for the kids, you know, they have Uber accounts, or they have my Uber account, they have my Apple Pay on the phones, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, most of that stuff that I've just reeled off is to do with convenience and time rather than anything else. It's not about showing off, or maybe the chauffeur to, you know, to the gig maybe, you know, we've got champagne and all that kind of stuff. But it's not even about that, is it? So a chauffeur to a gig where it's like, 
10,000 people, 100,000 people whatever, in Manchester at one time, you get dropped off at the door and you get picked up at the door. It's so much nicer experience than yeah. trying to fight it out. It's chaos now at the arena, it's absolutely chaos. It saves us loads of time, it's much more fun, it gives us like another hour of our night back, no stress, no worry. You know, yeah, it's a bit more expensive, but you know, we can afford it. So it just makes the whole experience feel better same with flying business class now the first time after the business class blew my mind because it's dead exciting i was like mr bean you know like pressing everything you know, about. <laughs> you're like, oh, what would you like what do i like drink before we take off you're like before yes, yes please you're like would you like well here's the wine list you're like, like i said i was just having a glass of champagne please would you like the uh this the brute dry or the rosés and i'm like Rose, please. And like, would you like a towel? Would you like a hot towel or a cold towel? You know, like these decisions, I can't cope. Now I'm just like, I love the rose, please. Yeah, the hot towel, thank you. But when I first got, I was so excited and I was like, oh, well, what I realised about it, because I travelled all around the world this year, God knows, I've been all literally crisscross the globe numerous times. Is it saves you so much time? You get your, get your, your lounge at the airport, so you just go straight in there. They tell you when your plane's ready to go, then you just walk down. Walk in front of everybody, sorry, but you do get on the plane first. There's like 20 people in the in the bit you're in, so you get fed and watered and all the rest of it. No one really drinks heavy in business though, because everyone's like posh and like reserved. Never any fit man. I thought if I'm going to meet the man of my dreams, it's going to be in business, right? No chance. They're all fat businessmen. Yeah, they're all like fat businessmen. Really, all people or couples. But, yeah. Oh, sorry. But we find any men together holding hands. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> You've just got my husband six foot five going, no, you're not coming anywhere near me. <laughs> so it's like, see, that's it. And then you get off the plane first. So somewhere like America, like New Orleans, Vegas, um, New York, getting off the plane first can save you two hours of sit standing in a queue. So yeah. that, and then you just get straight on the other side and, and on, on with your, your holiday or your break, whatever. So that kind of thing just, and it just becomes your new normal I think that's what I'd say your new normal and I'm, I'm the woman who was scrabbling around not being able to feed my kids like five years ago I'm not like this is definitely yeah, me too yeah it's not like oh I'm like new rich I just want to show off it's like actually this is like my new normal and I really really like it and I really enjoy it and things like cleaners and laundry laundry service what a time to be alive you know and I take two bin bags of stuff to wear I've got two teenagers and me two bin bags of stuff to wear she washes it irons, she, I take it to this like shop thing she washes it irons it folds it whatever and then it goes back to like 18 pounds I'm like what I feel like saying do you know you could be making more money but I'm like no no you can't you don't have to coach everyone to travel the first or something well you know it just makes my life so much easier there's nothing worse there's loads of women watching this partly going fucking lazy cow don't even do her own washing but partly going my team and I didn't have to spend all Sunday like a Chinese laundry with like washing everywhere and shouting and stuff. It's like it's horrible. Every Sunday doing shouting at the kids, is your school uniform all in the wash? Yeah, of course it is. Empty the laundry basket, go back upstairs and find that they've put it all back in there. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Next thing for you outsource that shit well the, the problem is I had all of that our previous house but we've moved and now we live in a building site so I cannot bring someone here to clean and do laundry and stuff like that so I like the idea of bringing my laundry to someone else I've not thought about that that's a genius idea 
Yeah, we've got this like shop. It's like a like a shop front in the, the next village. So there's loads of people taking washing and DIYing and stuff. It feels a bit weird having it in someone's personal house. We're taking to the shop, and this woman, she's dead nice, and she runs a business. She's like, it's like Chinese laundry behind her, obviously. I think she's got a mum there. She's got one of her kids there, folding stuff up and that. But it just makes life makes my life easier. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, I'm anything for making life easier. So what's the, the future plans for Helen Pritchard online? Exciting. So just to give you a bit of history. So the first year in this business, I did 200K. This last year, so 12 months from October last 2018 to October 2019, we did a million in revenue on launches. Well done. Mega, which was my target, right? So we hit that. Now, got do, you set, do you set year on year targets? Because I've just yeah, started yeah. doing that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we set our year targets on turnover and it's everywhere. So it's all my key, my passwords, my computers, my phones, it's written on my mirror, I do my hair. Oh, okay, so you do. Everywhere. Yeah. Okay. Bedded in, bedded in, anchored in, as Denise Tuffin Thomas would say. Um, next year, so Phil and I, who's my operations director, um, we're going to, well, our target's 4.8 million for next year. Wow, that is a ramp up. It is a ramp up, but I say it's five, right? It sounds yeah. like more to me. It's a massive ramp up, and it's only really to stay on my life. I was like, and I, I know the things he's going to do to make that happen, or we're going to do. But it did make me think. I've got a fucking quantum leap this now, haven't I? You know, it's, that's a big ramp up. Like to the first million was felt easy. To five in one year, it's like. This is going to be it. I'm have to make some quantum leaps to get a different result in how we show up, my mindset, and how the business works. So my business now works as a machine. So people who don't know, we run a quarterly launch of the Mastermind. The Mastermind is £1,500. We run two challenges. We do an early bird challenge, we get an early, and then we do a main challenge. So we do eight challenges a year, four launches. Well, last year, our launches were something like 200k, 250, 250, 275, no, 275 and 312, for example, they're not exact numbers, but something like that. It's gone up every time. And um, well, this time we got a ramp launch up to like half a million. So it's like massive, a massive jump. So there's things that we're bringing in, like the next challenge in January, we're aiming for 5,000 people in it. Wow. To get that, you have to do different things. So we're going to do a much more aggressive Facebook marketing campaign. We're going to do a lot more advertising into America and like different territories we've not been in first. So it's going to introduce me to much bigger parts of the world and just get people into this mega challenge of 5,000 people, which would be absolute chaos. Yeah. Um, but get that, that to be the machine. So we do these big challenges, big launches. The thing is, is to get me out of it. That's the thing that the business needs to do is to get me to step out of it. So step back a lot last year in terms of positioning and now in the challenges, you don't get any feedback from me, pretty much. Um, and you won't get any. Definitely, I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I do my lives every night, you see? So I can do a live, so I can do a live with 5,000 people. It doesn't make any difference, really. Obviously, no. So that's the plan for that. So that gives us uh, like 2 million from that. Now, there's a couple of other things coming. So what we what we now call business in a box. So this is LinkedIn for specific niches. So it's like a LinkedIn bootcamp, it's do it yourself. And we're partnering up with various different people who are the experts in their niche. So 
So just recording one with Michelle Stevens, she's a network marketer, and it's basically how to use LinkedIn to generate leads for your network marketing business. So quite neat, which is obviously my thing. And then Michelle promotes it, I promote it, or we promote it, and then we sort of split the difference. Megan? Yeah. Is it really loud? Anyway, just got the TV thing up. Um, oh, it's all right. I can hear you chat in a minute ago. So that is, that will become a new income stream once we plug it into the machine. So I've got yeah. a very expensive machine running behind my business. Probably running about 30 grand a month. So it's like, it's not to be, you know, it's like, it's an expensive month. But that's how you run a business, right? So we plug the new thing in. So we want to add to that, we have a freebie to that, we want to add to that, we have funnels, we have emails and all that kind of stuff. So it should, technically, be like a passive income, as passive as it can be, but jointly promote with somebody else. No such thing, it's a lots of hard work, but yeah. No such thing, but yes, the idea being it's an evergreen product, as we say, I guess. Yeah. Um, that shouldn't involve too much of my time and input to promote. So once we get that one working, the idea is to scale that really quick. So not only scale that one product, Megan! <laughs> Call, can you shut the door, please? Are you so noisy? It's like you're having a party in there. But then repeat it again and again and again. So LinkedIn for mortgage advisors, LinkedIn for plumbers, LinkedIn for VAs, LinkedIn for... So like really start to get these niche products going and that's my focus next year is to... Record. Have the kind of product ready and embed the specialism in there. So I film videos to go into the boot camp, as we'll call it, or it's a game, it's specific to a theme, and then the expert, as in the person who's actually doing it, getting the results, records their bits of the video, which is like the practical application of it. If we can get this to work, that's an easy two million next year, easy, yeah. And then it just becomes scaling. So I was saying to feel like I could record three or four of those a day, you know, over a space. You know, I, I mean, my plan is to get at least 100 of those out next year, definitely. And then the third thing, which is exciting, is Helen's Business Nightmares. Now, we need to think of a better name for it than this, because I'm yeah. going to be very happy. Yeah. And then Angry Gordon is not someone I want to work. Well, I, I quite like to meet an Angry Gordon, but... <laughs> for different reasons. Well, not sexual, because I like, literally just vomited in my mouth thinking about that, but definitely because he's definitely aced business, because he's no better a chef than any of the others and he's nailed it and yeah. I love that I love it when somebody's the same as everyone else but they've nailed yeah, yeah. and we say well I can't do that because no one else in my industry does it or no one else can do uh, it like, nobody does nobody does what I do I'm still doing it exactly the more people that do stuff that you do sometimes like the better it's like great you just do things yeah. exactly I'm, I spend 99% of my time saying like educating people and saying no it literally is as simple as i'm saying it to you i yeah. can give you i can give you advice for free because a good surveyor will save you more money than they will cost you yeah this advice is free <laughs> because every other surveyor says this is going to cost you thousands like that's all they say to them this is going to cost you thousands and they just the people who can't afford it scuttle off mm. interesting so, how's business nightmare? So we call it that because that kind of tells you what it does on the tip. That's what we need to work on that because Gordon is going to be on my ass. Yeah. So, but it's got a bit of a twist, which I've not told anyone really about. So you're hearing this first publicly. So, what we were going to do is combine 
some of the elements of those programs that we all know and love. So Hell's Business Nightmare, obviously a bit like Hell's Kitchen Nightmares, but for business. So what I'm going to be doing is we're going to film a TV series. We've got a full-on production company. I may or may not go to pieces in front of camera yet. We don't know. Anyway, but we've got that sorted. Um, is it sick of me to actually hope that at some point you proper do go... <laughs> can't do it. Loads of people. <laughs> you're, you're such hard work, I can't help you. <laughs> <laughs> Sandwich. Um, so yeah, that was such a good one. <laughs> so it's basically me going, but I want to go and live with them. Oh my god! Before, yeah, at least, yeah. So I want to go and live with them. None of this lets me in a hotel. You can tell me bullshit about your business. I want to see what's actually going on in their lives. Yeah. So do you know what? Tell that what. is a good idea. You can tell a lot, can't you, yeah. from what's going on when yeah. you're in someone's environment like that. So I'm going to go and live with them. I'm really getting to it and, you know, have a few glasses of wine and, you know, really get to the bottom of it. I'm going to wet myself with their teetotal. What? <laughs> well, we've got quite a stringent application process, so... <laughs> yeah. I really get to the bottom of what's going on, really, really, really. So it's kind of like one of my superpowers, but I, I can only really get that out to play if I do one-to-one coaching now I used to like one-to-one coaching you should charge very good money for it but it just doesn't fit in with my plans there's no way I can get to five million doing that so it'd be quite fun to do it on a tv program because I do think that is one of my superpowers to actually cut through people's actual what they're saying and into what's actually going on so it'd be quite interesting to see how that pans out on camera gets to the point of it make them cry obviously as they realize that it's all like everything's at rock bottom then give them all good moment of course yeah build them all back up make it all give them a plan of action disappear come back in three months come back and then refilm and see what they've actually done what they said they were going to do about it and stop and see the results now it's only going to be people who've got online businesses because that's my thing isn't it and also i want to bring i want to bring the the opportunity of online business to the to the masses because I think we all like oh we all understand how online business work but you, you would forget it the 99.9% of the business the world I've got no idea what we're talking about and I think it'll be really important to bring that especially to women like oh I could sell what I know and do it from home I make loads of money it's like it's to us it's obvious we're in it but to most people watching if you, if it went mainstream and we could get it like picked up they'd be like what is an online business like what is a funnel what is a you know a freebie what is a like i don't stand right oh is that how facebook ads work i have no idea you know and i just think that would be a really interesting way of bringing it to the masses and showing people the opportunity that's around because don't forget my mission is to help more people get financially independent so it's kind of like fits in with that but yeah when i go back and if they've not done the work then i'm going to really cross if they have done yeah. it really successful and then some of those people I may or may not invest in, so there's a little... Ah, so are you thinking going down the investment route? Possibly, yeah. So it's always been a plan. Well, it's not news that I've got an investment fund ready to go, and it's just whether we can mix the two together. We'll see, we'll see. Well, maybe not, but that, that's something... You know, by the end of next year, I expect to have at least 10 or 15 businesses in my stable that I've invested in. I've taken a percentage of all women-owned online businesses, so... Yeah, it's trying to be Deborah Meaden and and Gordon Ramsay sandwiched <laughs> together. Basically, yes. Yeah, this is a really now on top. I don't know. So. Yeah, do you know what? Paulie underneath the duvet watching a little bit of Secret Millionaire. I'm, I'm all right with that actually. Yeah, I'm all right. 
you know, 1,500 people into a five-day challenge and show them what I can do. Does that make sense? No, that's really annoyed me because I was thinking that I should do more public speaking and now you've just pissed on that. No, you better start. That could be your thing. And I think you probably should in a lot of ways. And I have done it. I've done lots of it. But it just came to the point where it was like, it wasn't the best use of my time because of the, because of my scale plans. Like, I can't do anything else. And it feels weird because I don't do anything in the business anymore. I don't do anything. I literally just like a show pony, get trotted out for the five-day challenge, get trotted out to do my lives on Facebook, get trotted out to do podcasts and interviews. That's it. Everything else is done by somebody else. Everything. Lisa, my assistant. I mean, I've got three VAs. Like, Lisa just gets the brunt of it. Everything. I'm like, can you order me a Christmas tree for the office, please? I pull it once so I'll just put it together. Can you get me TV for Friday? Can you do this? Can you do that? Can you rebook my facial for next week? Can you do it? And it must be driving absolutely crazy, but my whole headspace, my whole job in the business is thinking. Yeah. It's exhausting at times, you know. I have this conversation a lot. Um, Claire, who does everything for me, mm. literally, when people say to her, well, what do you do then? She's like, everything Denise doesn't want to do. I'm like, yeah. because I, I try to explain and it's, it is really hard because it makes me sound really awful, but the, the massive part of my job is to just have stupid ideas. Yeah. Like, this, this, this is what we're doing now. This is, you know, just that's what I do. To do real big, big things and to have that mindset and do big quantum leap stuff, you've got to do only that stuff. Well, everything else is just holding you back. You know, it's simple. So if I, if I message Lisa and say, can you rebook the dentist for me and the kids for next week? And can you change this and change that? So I can send her one message with three things up. It'll take her probably 20 minutes, half an hour. But it's gone out of my head. So yeah, I could spend, spend the time doing it if I wanted to. But it's gone off my head, my desk, if that makes sense. My mental yeah. is gone. Which yeah. allows me to then think, how am I going to create a TV program that's so good that Netflix wants to buy it? Like, how is that going to happen? And a lot of my times I travel so much. The beauty of things like business class, you get to lie down, you, know, you get duvet and shit, it's so nice. Um, it's like, it's thinking time. It's, it's thinking time because I don't want to do this forever. You know, I'm 40, just turned 40. You know, I want to be completely retired as in not having to work in, in the businesses, businesses by 15. So this is like, I've got a 10 year play. I've got to go hard, you know, we want to retire into much luxury of which I've become accustomed to, you know, I've got to be able to generally, you know, I'm going to live forever, like I used to say. So you know, I've got 15 plus years of life to pay for. So this, this 10 years, it's like now or never. So yeah, you've got to do what you've got to do and you've got to be ruthless. You've got to be ruthless. And then when you, see, when we talk like this, about big things, big picture things. And then when you think about someone saying, oh, but I don't want to post on LinkedIn because somebody might, it doesn't, it doesn't mean it doesn't compute. It's a mindset thing. It's like, let's say like LinkedIn videos, I'm like, I've never watched one of my own videos back to do it. I've never watched one of my podcasts, never listened to my podcast, never watched one of my, guess it's, but it's done. I'm, I'm, that's gone now. I'm moving to the next thing. You know, and it's just that mindset, isn't it? Of like, when you're talking about things like, how am I going to make five million pounds? Things like, what will people think if I post about this on LinkedIn? Just those questions don't even come into your head. So hopefully people will move into that mindset if they want to. I mean, not everyone wants to. Not everyone wants what I've got, you know. I can only help the people who do. No, I often say, because I am so... Um, 
such an extreme of I genuinely don't give a fuck what anyone thinks I always say to people I, I like I don't want people to be like me like I'm glad that there's people who, who do care about what other people think but for the people that it has detrimental effects on their life I want them to get closer to the way I am I don't expect them to ever get to where I am because I think I am an extreme of that situation but you know for them to just inch towards it like that lady that was messaging me throughout your challenge and saying you know you know oh I just can't do it and I, you know, I just think that's so I just feel so much for her like I want you just do it like literally nobody cares so I do I do think it's quite sad but anyway let's finish the podcast with I finish all podcasts and even though we've spoken about this a lot with the eight mile moment so I love as I've said a hundred times already that I don't care what anyone thinks about me and I love Eminem and I love the, the yeah I love Eminem and hence Noel Gallagher picking up the Eminem love definitely into um, karma but anyway I love Eminem and he always does all of his rap battles by saying you know the worst things about him and how nobody can kind of come back on him because he says everything so tell us the worst thing about you <laughs> the worst thing about me um oh my god so what people if I I don't know like, what's the worst thing about me is well if you were like my mate then the worst thing about me is my complete disorganisation and inability to make a decision. That is is probably my small decisions. Big things, massive life decisions, easy. Yeah. What am I having on my sandwich? Fucking nightmare. Yeah. Honestly, I get it. You go to a restaurant and if it's got three things on it, you're like, bingo, because you're having one of the three. Yeah. I'm a Libra, so I think that's part of it. But like, I get paralysed by indecision and that makes me very disorganised, if that makes sense. And I've recently developed being late. That's quite a newish thing for me. Almost like self-harming, almost like waiting until the last minute to move and then being late. Yeah, very interesting. So all of those things make me a really annoying friend, I'm sure, but I make up for it with like, you know, VIP trips to places and, you know, cocktails in the Savoy and stuff like that. So it's all right. It's all right. I think that's it. I think it is one thing that you know, we're talking about we don't need a man. Like when I, what I one thing I look for in a partner, um, as I've auditioned a few in my single life. Um, oh, do you know what? I really love Ryan if he's listening. <laughs> but God loved single life. It was <laughs> single love. life. Fun. Single life is fun. I've been up for year two. There's been a couple of yeah, small little, little people in the middle more people who were more than just like mates um well the one thing i look for in a man is an ability to make a decision what i want from a man if anyone's watching this is a real strong leader in my life who can say this is what we're doing helen this is what we're doing because i make decisions all fucking day that's what i say every single time i say i say to ryan all the time can you just make a decision please because I spend all day making decisions and I can't do it. Yeah, can't do it. make decisions all day in my business, all day with my children, like yeah. literally. They're asking me what I want for dinner, like it's just going to tip me over the edge. Just yeah. you decide. I'll yeah. Get it. Yeah. And, that, and that's really interesting because people are like, oh, but you're like strong, independent woman. It's like, I am. But I want somebody to look after me emotionally. And part of that is making all the decisions for me. I tell you what, though. 
the first time you turn back around to say to him, stop telling me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what Ryan says to me now. He's like, you always tell me to make a decision. And, and when I make a decision and you don't want me to, you're like, stop telling me what to do. The first time you do that, you're going to be like, yeah, Denise told me I was going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's try and get a guy from all of the few days first. But yeah. Oh. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's because you, much like in your business, you repel the ones that aren't for you. It's the, yeah. it's the same, exactly the same logic. They just, you think, oh, he's, he's all right. And they and that lad goes, she's hard work and fucks off. All right, it's not you know, all right for me. You see, that's nope. very high standards, very, very high standards. But it'd be all right, be worth the wait. And I if it ever happens, then I'm absolutely fine living my best life. So I'm all right. I'm all right, but it'd be like, it'd just be interesting. I sort of think, who would deal with me? Like, really? Now, yeah. If you speak, yeah, if you speak to my husband, he regularly says, nobody will deal with you. Yes, exactly. It's a, it's a small pool of people, uh, but I'm sure he'll find me when he's ready or when I'm ready. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Helen. It's been amazing. Oh, thanks for having me. Oh, no, it's been brilliant. I know I had a little nap before, and now I've had loads of wine, so now I'm going to be awake all night. So thanks for that. I know, yeah, I was just thinking that. I'm probably on about glass three already, and I haven't eaten all day, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I was like, I had tea with the kids at some stupid hour, which I never normally do. And now I'm like, I'll be hungry again when I buy nine o'clock. Yeah, and you'll probably need another glass of wine because that's how wine works. And that, yeah, that is how wine works. Yeah, it is how wine works. Well, lovely. Well, thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. And as always, if you want to be part of the podcast, either sponsoring it or be featured, please email us at info at find-surveyors.co.uk. And we have a five-day challenge coming up. So you can email us at that address and we will send you all of the information. Speak soon. Bye.